0: Three, two, one. This is Own the Block Podcast, and these are your hosts, Josh Derriman and Pierce Burton.
1: Welcome to episode three of the Own the Block Podcast. Today we got a special guest, Taz Zedigrin. He works for REI Nation, and I believe he also has his real estate license. He's starting to dabble into owning some of his own rental properties. So, Taz, why don't you give us a quick summary about you? and uh k- kind of what you've been seeing in the market uh today
0: yeah for sure uh some work up at rei nation a turnkey company here, based out of memphis uh, in about 12 different markets here in the southern middle part of the country uh, strictly specializing single-family homes in the suburbs uh, not doing much inner city downtown um yeah price points are going to be anywhere in the 200 to 300k range that's been a sweet spot for us uh, company has been around for She's 18, going on 19 years now. I've been with them six years. i have kind of worked my way through the company, I guess you could say. Uh, started out at front desk of property management. Uh, spent about two years in the management side and then moved into our rehab department. So uh, whenever we go to purchase properties, I would be the guy that tells the company how it's gonna cost X amount to fix this house up. And then whenever we bought the house, I would go in and make the list of what we're gonna to do to every single room to the house. And I would hand that to a project manager and they would actually sub out the work. Um, I was in that role for about seven months. And then after that, they moved me into the sales department. Uh, kind of got two different tiers of the sales department. Uh, what we call them is a, a setter and a closer, essentially. So setters work with new clients coming in, uh, just vetting them, educating them on our process and then once they get pre-qualified and they're ready to roll, uh, they get set up with a closer. And, yeah, just identifying the right property uh, for each investor's goals. So um, a lot of mixing and matching. And, yeah, just just giving people what the, what they're looking
1: for. So with, with your guys' company, how are you guys sourcing those, uh, those deals, first of all? Is it mainly like wholesalers? Or um, how are you guys getting the properties to be able to be uh, rehabbed.
0: Yeah, mixed bag. So everything's very systematic. Uh, we kind of focus on each department, focusing on minor things. So we've got a buying department. We've got, let's see, three buyers in Memphis, three or four in Dallas. So those our two brick and mortar offices. Um, but yeah, we'll buy them any way we can get them. Wholesalers, uh, we buy them off the MLS. Uh, just, yeah, literally any, any and every way possible.
1: So when you were on the, like, construction management side, how are you determining those prices? Are you, are you doing that yourself, or are you having a contractor go in and kind of give you guys a, an estimate of those prices?
0: Yeah, really kind of a, we've got a, a cheat sheet, I guess you could say, you know, been in the industry for as long as we have. Obviously, we've had to evolve with it, but we what we've come to find out is, you know, kind of pricing of what most stuff will cost on the front end so i able to do that without a contractor so luckily I was able to get in and do a do it pretty efficiently in a quick amount of time Um, I'd spend 20 20 25 minutes at each house walking the interior and exterior kind of give a a estimate of what I thought the the rehab would look like and then I'd send that to our our buying department and then they'd run all the back end numbers as far as you know, what we'd be able to offer and whatnot, and then they do do their job as far as negotiating.
1: And is your rehab team internal in terms of everybody works for the company, or are you guys outs- outsourcing that rehab?
0: Yeah, so we've got project managers. They pretty much act as GCs, so they're in charge of uh, hiring their own contractors. We're subbing out all the stuff. We're not swinging a hammer and a nail. So they've got electricians, roofers, plumbers, cosmetic guys, you know, everything top to bottom.
1: Yeah. And once you scale up to a certain level, it becomes a lot easier. So for me, with my rehab stuff, I'm now to a point where I have a contractor with about 10 to 15 guys that he only works for me right now. And so it becomes a lot easier to get jobs done at that point when you once you're scaling up to where REI Nation is or where I am, because you're not having to find guys to do one off jobs which it's really hard to find, uh, contractors in, um, in the current environment, uh, that aren't booked out for months, man, finding people you can trust and just rely
0: on is a, a tough deal. So whenever we go to new markets, that's one of the things that, you know, takes us some time. Um, you know, we'll announce we're going to the new market and it, there's some lag time behind that because we're having to you know, filter in, interview a lot of contractors, uh, a lot of us trial and error, you know, getting them on a job, paying them to do something. You know, obviously we've had people walk off, uh, you know, without doing stuff, you know, several different scenarios that come about it. But uh, that entry point as, as far as finding the right crew uh, with the right pricing that you can trust and does good work, is, is takes some time to do.
2: I remember that exact issue when I was flipping houses. Uh, you, could, you could really extend your, your period depending on the contractor you used and, and having the right contractors and developing the right relationships uh, takes time and is a big deal. But Taz, uh, Taz, I'm curious, what is the benefit for an investor to use a turnkey company uh, versus going out on their own and, and finding properties?
0: For sure. I mean, it's people you can trust and rely on. Um, for us, you know, obviously the market shifted, so we've had a shift with it. But we hold properties until they're rented. Now, uh, so that way, when a client closes on them, it's you know reduces reduces the risk of vacancy right off the bat. But it also boosts their cash flow because uh, it's something that's already generating income. But people who don't have time to you know weed out contractors, work with property management, things of that nature, with us handling everything here in house, very seamless investment, you know, one stop shop type deal. So with us, it's really all about the experience. Like I said earlier, we've been in a, about 19 years. You know we've done the same several different ways uh, obviously i haven't been around you know the full 19 years but when we very first started we weren't doing a ton on the renovation side and we were operating in a lower price point type of area um you know it looks great on paper but as far as the experience on the back end, it's a little different story so kind of going down a rabbit hole here our owner started flipping our owner was a wholesaler for groceries He retired from that. Uh, Kent Clothier Sr., if you know the man, he's a workaholic. That's what he loves to do, just work. So he uh, retired for, sheesh, may have made it six months, and then he started flipping properties to FedEx pilots. So these FedEx pilots got really frustrated with their property management, and they talked him into starting a property management company. And once he did that, he figured out the frustration it was the clientele that he was working with on the back end. You know, you're dealing with people who were not fulfilling leases, weren't paying on time. Um, you know, just several different things. So we've had to evolve or the company has evolved focusing on looking at better areas, but it really comes back to renovations, you know, work you're doing on the front end. If you provide a product that, you know, a resident doesn't have to call in for maintenance. And if they do, you know, they get a high level of service. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that resident's gold. I mean, that's who, that's who's paying the note for you. That's how you're making your money on the back end. So the better you treat them, you know, the better the investment's going to be. So it's an experience deal, not only for the resident, but it works out for that owner as well. But long story short, uh, very simple way to get into real estate. You know, very easy to diversify into different markets and, um, you know, trust thing.
1: Yeah, so Taz, you know, I've done a lot of loans for clients who are looking to buy turnkey properties. And they ask me, you know, what's the benefit of me going with one or should I just go out and buy one on my own? And most of these people are out of state investors they are buying in a market that they may have never even been to before. So why don't you touch on what a turnkey company is and how it can really help, especially the new investor to, learn about out-of-state real estate investing and maybe a market that they're particularly interested in.
0: A true turnkey provider is going to be a company that uh, provides a a property that's been completely renovated. They're going to have a residence set up, ready to go, uh, and that company is going to own the property management company on the back end, so it will truly be a a one-stop-shop type deal. Uh, You know, there's several people out there that uh, kind of are referral sources. That wouldn't be a true turnkey company. Uh, with us, you know, you're going to be married with us through the longevity of the investment. So our interests are obviously going to have to be mutually aligned there.
2: So Pierce and I have a, a client right now, and he's going through his first uh, investment property purchase. And he's a good example. Um, what he did is he purchased a property, he found a contractor, uh, made the, the repairs of the property, really struggled with it. And then once he got it completed he went to go rent the property but it turns out that he couldn't rent the property because he didn't do all the necessary things for that municipality so he had to hire another contractor get it there and seven eight months later he still doesn't have the property rented and that's a good example as a first-time investor the benefit of going with a turnkey company is you get in there oftentimes you you may already have a, a renter into that property and it's and it's and it's as they say turnkey it's taken care of for you so it's a good initial start into the business
0: yep saves you a lot of time a lot of effort which and results saves you money most of the time so it reduces the risk um, for a lot of people coming into it who don't have experience like you said so Taz what is
2: what is the change in your marketplace 12 months ago versus today what what are you seeing that's different who's coming to you are you having problems finding properties fill us in
0: yeah, market shifted a lot. Obviously, interest rates have gone up, so it makes things you know tighter from a monthly standpoint. Uh, you know, we meet with our buying department about once a week, just kind of touching base on conditions. From what they're telling us, there's a lot of wholesalers out there that have shut off their advertising because of the lack of being able to make a deal with sellers. So uh, it's tough to source deals, but they're still out there. Uh, we're still churning through. You know, around 70 properties a month are rolling through our on our end as far as closings go, 60 to 70. Um, so it's it's shifted. Obviously, you got to be able to shift with it. You know, luckily we're a large enough company where, like I said, we own the front and the, and the back end of the process. So we've got 7,500 properties under management, so we're able to offer different types of incentives to help overcome some of that stuff. Like right now, we got a deal going until the end of the year we're calling it two for 22. So we're offering a 2% closing credit on the front end, which is helping buyers obviously buy that rate down. Uh, so that'll help the numbers initially, but then we're also offering a 2% management fee for two years. So simply trying to help bridge the gap. As we all know, Fed's pretty much pushing us into a point where we're eventually gonna go to a recession or you know whatever they're calling it nowadays uh the rates are gonna be coming down in the next two to four years so we're trying to help bridge the gap you know get people into the property that uh, matches what they're looking for long term you know at the end of the day it's you know date the rate marry the property so a lot of great opportunities are still out there
1: yeah and uh you know we were talking about that last podcast um, me and josh basically about how you have to tailor whatever your model is in real estate to whatever that current market is and so you know, a lot of investors out there just looking for cash on cash return or ROI. And they're looking at it in just a uh, micro view of what the current market is, which can't be the approach today or you're gonna lose every time. But what you can find out there more in this market because there is a lot of scared money is some stuff selling at at a deeper discount than it would be. And also house flippers and that sort of thing are not doing uh, as skinny of deals because they're they're scared. And so a lot of people have just shut that area of their business off completely. So there is more opportunity in certain sectors of the real estate market than there was six to 12 months ago.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, a lot of people, obviously I'm on the phone all day, that's what I, what I do is uh, talk on the phone, but... You know, there's a lot of people predicting this large, you know, large drop in prices coming, you know, there are certainly going to be areas there that, that are seeing downward pressure, you know, with what rates are doing and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's becomes it to supply and demand. Uh, a lot of people get tired of hearing it, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, we're in a shortage of single family homes still. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, say since 08 and 09, you know, there's several different amounts of homes. People are saying we're behind, but well, I've come to find out it's anywhere between three to five million. You know, you can use the high end, low end, middle part, uh, whatever you want to use. There's still a lot of lot of homes to be behind. Uh, you know, the last decade. So, you know, that's going to hold prices pretty firm. And you know, it really comes back to the price points you're in. Um, you know, not places that we're operating this under 300K price range. That's such a, a limited amount of supply that's out there on the open market. I mean, in today's times, how many? How many brand new homes do you see being built that are under three hundred k? You know, in the southern middle part of the country.
1: Well, you can't build them. You, you can't. You, you cannot. You, you cannot build a house for for three hundred thousand dollars today. I mean, maybe if it's under twelve hundred square feet, but the average home size in the U.S. I think in the last thirty years went from eleven 1, hundred square feet to seventeen hundred. Uh, you know, people don't want to live in that smaller. Home anymore like like they did maybe uh, thirty years ago. So you can't build a seventeen hundred square foot home for for three hundred thousand. It's just it's just not possible. So with the rates going up, what have you seen with? And I know you're not on the management side anymore, but I know you can see the rents going up. What what have you seen with with rents? uh, raising due to a lot of those first time home buyers no longer being able to buy. And so they're forced to rent. So it's probably bringing rents up. Is, is, is that, is that what you're seeing? And what percentage is that?
0: Yep. It's definitely helped the rental numbers. I don't have the exact data in front of me as far as the percentages go, but we've seen an influx in that, uh, time on markets, another thing, you know, certainly, you know, this time of year, it does tend to slow down a little bit around the holidays, but in these you know these price points that we're in there's just so much demand for that rental product Uh, a lot of people priced out just like you mentioned about this interest rates going up so uh, a lot of people coming in wanting to do one-year leases uh, kind of part of our management strategy is we started treason out with a two-year contract and we get a $50 bump in rent on that second year of the two-year contract so some negotiating going on on our end for those people coming to rent wanting to do a one-year deal with the thought process of purchasing a home you know after that one-year contract so you know there's some instances where you know we might do a 12-month lease or an 18-month lease depending on that uh, that candidate that applicant applicant um very situational based, but yeah to your point rents have gone up continue to go up now they're going to cool down you know obviously the 10 to 12% rent increases we've been seeing, you know, over the last two to three years, that's going to cool down to a
1: point.
2: If you're an investor right now, uh, what would be your top three uh, uh, metropolitan cities that you think you should be looking at?
0: Yeah, it really depends what you're looking for. As far as long-term goals go, um, you know, I work with a lot of a co- lot of clients that have a, you know, a high net worth. So for them, i I advise Texas just because of the growth aspect. You know, most of those clients aren't going to need the cash flow, per se. Um, Just more focused on, you know, future potential, the equity growth there, and then leveraging that again down the road. Uh, But we've had a lot of clients be a little more active with that. Um, But I would say Texas market for sure. Memphis, Tennessee is a great area. And Oklahoma has been a great market for us in the past Five years that we've been there, they're capturing a lot of the growth from the Texas market, but the property taxes aren't as stout, so that cash flow is able to be a little bit better there. So it's a little bit of a hybrid play, um, kind of between the cash flow and a equity growth type deal.
1: Yeah, in Dallas, you, you have to be every investor has to be taking a loss right now, right? On on like it has to be negative cash flow, right? I can't I can't see how it with current rates and with where property taxes are there. It's it's a long term equity play. Totally right.
0: Yeah, we've got some that are still kind of breaking even with some of the incentives that we're offering, but for the most part, the majority of those would be paying them, you know, hundred bucks or so a month telling the property.
1: So, talk a little bit about uh, your own investing stuff. I know you're getting started with. Uh, you got four rentals, and uh, or you say it's about to be four, right? You got two right now, and uh, and then you're living in. A place that you're going to turn into a rental. I've actually uh, stayed right up that staircase before um, <laughs> one time. Um, but, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I uh, actually house hacked the, the property that I'm currently in. Uh, so I had three other roommates in the old property. Um, we rented from actually our owner here in Germantown. We all worked at REI Nation, oddly enough. And our lease was coming to expire. And, you know, I've always been pretty uh cognizant i guess you could say of, of how to earn a dollar <laughs> so i just looked at everybody, I was like man if i bought a house would y'all just rent for me and this is before i hate to say it I, I wasn't very active on bigger pockets or you know very many real estate investment sites i was still very early on in that process i was uh in the management company at that time so i hadn't even gotten into sales yet so i was still very green uh, as far as investing goes on, on real estate and whatnot so uh, the official terms house hacking. I found that one out a little later on down the road. but I uh, bought this house. Um, yeah I ended up putting quite a bit of money into it, almost six figures, but we, we tore out some walls, moved some sinks, a lot of kitchen, you know, full redo, but had three guys renting from me. And then uh, about two years ago, my or excuse me, a year and a half ago, my aunt was going to sell her property in olive Branch, Mississippi. Uh house was built in 06. She just put a brand new roof on it. Um, just a great opportunity that she asked me if I would sell it for her. And I said, well, I'd be happy to, but I'd rather buy it. <laughs> and she said, that'd be fine. So we agreed to a price and, and made that work. Um, so that was step one, you know, back when rates were 3.3 uh, on a 20-year deal. And ended up being fortunate enough to, to rent to a doctor. So I had a man that's... Uh, driving about 45 minutes to work uh, each day, but I wanted to live in Olive Branch. So I got very fortunate to to get him in that property. And then uh, kind of how it grew from there in March of this year, or yeah, March of 22, I uh, purchased two properties, one in South Haven. It was from an investor with REI Nation it was actually selling their property, very similar scenario. They were We were getting ready to list it and um Yeah. Opportunity came up and I purchased that one from her directly. And then I bought a property through the company, REI Nation in uh, Fort Worth. So I saw what a lot of our investors had made over the years in that Texas market. So wanted to get some diversity in my portfolio and uh, get one in Texas. So that got me to three, and I will be closing on a new primary here in seven days. So I'm moving back to North Mississippi. And I've got a, a child on the way; the wife is pregnant, due in May. So I'm seeking some some cheaper health care, or not health care, <laughs> uh, child care. Excuse me. Uh, so we got the got the grandparents back that way. Want so to get a little closer, a little easier commute for them uh, and for us. So I'm um, gonna we'll turn this property into a rental and. Yeah, make number four.
2: Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on the new on the upcoming child. Uh, Pierce is Pierce is working on that as well, right?
1: No, no, definitely not. And let's call that house what it was. It was a construction site that he just happened to have a frat house at. I came in that. I, I, I came in that. I, 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 I came in that house. That the, the, the walls were torn down, like. And that, and, that, and so the only the only people he could have gotten to live in that place were his his three, his three buddies,
0: man, so fortunate looking back on it. Just yeah so fortunate. I gave I, you know, we had a good deal going that they got yeah very good price uh, for a good, good area. Yeah. Uh, but no. So I'm all on the single family space. Um, kind of hearing Pierce's story. Obviously, me, yeah, me and Pierce are buddies. Talk a decent amount, uh, yeah. Kind of interesting in getting the multi-space. I would definitely need, yeah, some of his guidance uh, as that time comes. But that's, yeah, kind of would mind dabbling into that a little diversity into the real estate portfolio, Mom.
2: So it surprises me that you guys at RA Nation aren't having more difficulty finding properties. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, has the mix change of how you're, you're finding properties?
0: But as far as just yeah, how we're getting addresses and whatnot, I mean, agents, wholesalers, I mean, it's, it's a big trickle effect. Honestly, um, you know, wholesalers got connections to people all around the city and, you know, more wholesalers you get in contact with more opportunities you come across. And, you know, obviously we're in, we're in 12 different markets. So, you know, that starts to snowball. Uh, as that goes,
2: we see a lot of investors they 'll buy a property, and they don't take into account that when you buy a property you 're going to have to go in and spend five ten twenty thousand dollars to put it in a good enough rental condition you know you 'll have plumbing issues uh, electrical issues, things that you didn't realize when you were when you were doing your your due diligence and buying a property through a turnkey company takes that out of the equation.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's where our value comes in uh, for sure. So, I mean, coming into it, we guarantee zero maintenance in the first year with our product, just simply backing the renovation that we do, kind of stamping our brand, I guess you could say on that, uh, give some people some certainty, especially new clients coming into it. You know, obviously there's a trust factor. Uh, people have never met us, you know, shaking our hands, seen us in person or seen our product in person. Uh, so that's something we do to just kind of help ease the mind. Um, but going into these, you know, a, about 75, 80 percent of the time, we'll replace all the big ticket items on these properties coming in. So I mean, we're addressing roof, HVAC, water heater, all your electrical outlets, plumbing fixtures. You know, obviously cosmetics. So just minimizing that maintenance. Uh, what we found is most of our clients are going to hold these properties for at least eight to ten years. So if we can make that, you know, a very seamless investment, obviously that'll help the experience for them. And in a roundabout way. We've come to find out that that helps the performance of our property management company exponentially. So, we've been doing this way for about a decade now. Um, like I said, managing about 7,500 homes. We've got an average length of stay that's coming up on seven years across the entire portfolio. So, we're very fortunate enough to do a good job of keeping residents in the property while incrementally increasing the rents along the way. Um, I mean, coming into it, it's not until year five that our clients will see about two and a half percent maintenance on the build rents. So it's, you know, it all starts with the renovations. Uh, so have you found that
2: professionally you you are at a disadvantage uh, by going to Old Miss?
0: <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> if anybody's been to Oxford, Mississippi, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll flip the script a hundred percent.
1: So jo- Josh likes to make fun of, how much I bring up Ole Miss?
0: Never been to the Harvard of the South, have they? <laughs> that's what they call it.
1: That's what they call it, the Harvard of the South. Who who calls it that? That's what it's named, and uh, that's what it is. Uh, Taz, did you have any questions for uh, uh, Josh or I? Yeah,
0: I guess uh, tell me a little bit about how y'all are going about. I mean, uh, as far as your multifamily portfolio, what Pierce? I know a little bit about yours, Josh. Yeah, you know, what kind of what kind of portfolio do you have? And what, what drove you to that to that route of investing?
2: Well I, I don't actually have a portfolio right now. I used to flip uh, properties quite a bit uh, and I, I've been out for a while um, actually looking to move out of California to start my portfolio again. Uh, California is a really, really rough state uh, for property investing. Yeah
0: I've got a lot of clients. I would say hate to put a number on it. I'm 40, maybe fifty percent of my clients are, are from the California area. Uh, very similar, obviously out of state, a little, a little more advantageous. And a lot of that comes from just the management rules, you know, it's a little more tenant friendly, uh, over there. So I've heard some yeah, fair share of horror stories.
2: Yeah. California's tough. If, if you are a land owner or if you're a landlord, it's very tenant friendly. We actually had a tenant at one point in time. They were able to stay in the property for almost 18 months without paying um they had a uh uh, our our uh suit to remove them taken to federal court we had to go through all kinds of nonsense and and that's the sort of stuff that you run into in california so it's a it's a tougher it's a tougher place for any number of reasons but the, the the tenant landlord rules are are pretty brutal compared to some other states yeah yeah josh
1: on the podcast last week was like one of the first things i want to do is meet the tenants that i'm inherit inheriting in the property and i was like that's the last thing i want to do because and in, in california you're you're basically you're, you you got to date you got to date the tenants once once they're in there you
2: absolutely you're dating the tenants we have, i mean we've had properties where we foreclosed on them and or, or purchased a foreclosure and you meet the tenants and you know right away they're going to steal every single thing toilet the air conditioner everything and so you make you make decisions based on that and then there's other ones where you know the homeowner that you foreclosed on uh you end up renting back to them and but it 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 can be a very expensive process um in california yeah and and
1: squatters are a huge problem Uh, when i bought my when i bought my primary residence actually josh did the loan on it very first property i ever bought uh only property i ever bought in california that I had an ADU in the back and me and the realtor go over there uh just to kind of do a walkthrough of the property. I was under contract at this point. And we opened the ADU door and we're like, somebody's been living here. There's like trash everywhere. There's uh uh he had been shaven so there was beard all over the sink, all all kinds of stuff. And so we found the win and so he had used like a uh, screwdriver to pop the window open. So we just took a, a board and and made it so that he couldn't get back in that window. But he had been living in there for God knows how long. And that's rampant in, in California for sure.
2: It's been a while since I've heard any of those stories. But I've had clients where uh, people would move into an investment property that was empty, start getting mail, and then you have to evict them. You don't have to have, there's no lease. As long as they get mail and they can prove that they're living there, you have to evict them.
0: That is wild. And then they're in there for what, six or eight months? Is, uh, is that? Maybe more.
1: Yeah. Maybe more. So yeah, with, uh, you were asking about my, my portfolio, you know, so I started buying um, investment properties in 2017 and uh, now I'm up over, I think about 200 properties and that's a mix of, of single family homes all the way up to, I think my biggest apartment complex is 32 units. And uh, I was talking earlier about how I have a construction team now, so we're doing a lot tougher rehabs now than I was doing previously. I got, um, I'm rehabbing that 32 unit apartment complex uh, starting in a few, in about a month, we're getting all this tenants out there and we're just gonna like fully gut the property. And so that's a that's going to be about a four hundred thousand dollar rehab, and then um, I'm redoing a twelve unit right now. That's about a three hundred seventy five thousand dollar rehab. And so um, you know, starting to take some some more risks with with rehabs, which you know leads to bigger profits. Just finished a twelve unit rehab. Uh, picked up this twelve unit for only one hundred thirty seven thousand, and. Um, Ended up costing me about three hundred and eighty to uh, to rehab, so about five. What is that? Five twenty or something like that. Five ten, and uh, it just appraised at a million thirty thousand. So, uh, so, so that was a really good uh, turn there. Um, so, and that other twelve unit that I'm doing is going to have is basically the, almost the exact same type of building, similar numbers so as you start to scale up uh your portfolio um you you know you can start to take more risks like that
0: yeah for sure as as you build you got more stuff to lean on and you can get riskier with that what uh what's your whole time looking like on those i mean do you plan on holding those long term you plan on selling them in the next three two five years what yeah what's your game plan
1: uh I I don't want to really sell anything. I think as long as you're buying cash flow and properties, you're better off just holding for, you know, for all the tax incentives you have for holding. You you know, obviously you can cash out refinance without having to pay any capital gains or do any 1031s, anything like that. Um, I think the only properties that I would potentially get out of is um, single family homes, as you you, you know, you were talking earlier about a single family home shortage. And so um, as the equity starts to build in those single family homes, you can sell those and then 1031 into a larger apartment complex. I mean, if you got to, you know, like you talk about the Dallas market. I'm sure some of those people that bought three three years ago might have three hundred thousand dollars in in equity. Well, you can ten thirty one that three hundred thousand in equity into an apartment complex worth one point two or or one point five. You know, a smaller apartment complex, and so um, and. and that's going to give you a higher efficiency of, of cash flow and all, all that sort of thing. So, but in terms of the multifamily, um, I, I, I like the long term hold and um, you, you can always add value a lot quicker to those by raising rents um, and improving the property than with one to four units. You're really subject to what stuff is selling for in, in that current market.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when you're going into these deals, I mean, what's, is it your standard 20, 25% down, uh, as far as down payment goes, what's, what's the front end look like for you?
1: Yeah. So everything's 20, 25% down that, that I'm doing, um, on, on the deals, but everything is basically from, uh, you, you know, previous deals, cash out refis. So basically I'm not doing any deals right now that I don't think I'm all in for under, I really wanna be under 65% LTV once I'm all in, but um, it, it, you know, if I can find a deal that's 70, I'll, I'll do that as well. Um, and so basically it's just constant recycling and profit of um rehabs and that sort of thing and i'm really just breaking even on the cash flow still because i'm in such an aggressive build phase um and so that ca- that cash flow is going right back into the property i have a lot of properties vacant you know of that of that 200 i probably have um you, you know uh maybe 50 under rehab or just finished rehab um so obviously that that those cash flow numbers aren't that good, but as long as I'm breaking even and I'm still in that build phase, um, really functioning just purely off of the that cash out refinance money, uh, be, to be able to fund uh
2: purchases and rehabs.
0: Yeah. Grow the doors, breaking even on cash flow, I mean it'll it'll all catch up.
2: So Taz, earlier this year and for the about 20 months, four months prior, we had some very good interest rates, which really helped with cash flow. Now that interest rates have gone up, cash flow has tightened on these investment properties. Um, I think we're gonna see some, some rates in the fives for investment properties, maybe high fours uh, in the next six to 12 months. I think you had mentioned you were thinking maybe two to four years from now. Um, why are you, what is your prediction? How, do you, how are you coming up with that? for your two to four
0: year time frame? Yeah, more just a safer bet, I guess you could say. I mean, I definitely think from what we're seeing and kind of hearing out there, you know, a lot of people are saying rates are likely to come down next summer. Uh, you know, Chairman Powell's been pretty hawkish on his uh, his phrasing here recently. So kind of, kind of up in the air, but I mean, you know, we've seen last three to four three to four weeks rates have actually gone down. You know, they're, they're more closely tied to the, the Treasury bond, as you know, compared to the actual Fed rate. So we've actually had some clients locking in some high fives uh, with some additional points, you know, going in on the front end. So I definitely see next, you know, next summer, whether it be the early or middle part of the summer, we'll, we'll see some more relief in that regard.
1: So with with that, with the interest rates, you know, from our mortgage perspective, I'm, I'm having a lot of clients call me and, do some inquiring about uh you know where rates are and but then they're they'll go i'm going to wait until rates come back down how how many of those type of tire kickers are you get getting and seeing from from your perspective
0: yeah i mean there's quite a few that come across just because i'm talking to so many people in a day in a week you know so you're gonna have your handful of scenarios um you know people going that route um and a lot of people say, look, I'm, you know, waiting on prices to drop, this dip in prices to come, and I'm just, just kind of take a step back and say, well, if prices were to go down X amount, that would cause interest rate Interest rates would have to go up and stay up to cause that house price to come down. So by the time you got into a property that's cheaper with a higher rate, your monthly payment would actually be more expensive. Therefore, your numbers would be worse compared to going ahead and locking in now, having a resident pay down the note for you, Having rents, you know, giving rents time to increase throughout that stay and then refund down the road, it makes more sense financially once you pencil it out on paper compared to waiting, you know, in hopes of prices going down with the likelihood of rates, you know, maybe going up in the meantime. Um,
1: sure. And the caveat to that is rate. if rates come down, then all these people are going to jump in on buying and you just missed out on maybe $50,000 in equity. So I'd rather pay, I'd rather make a extra 200 300 a month payment bet for that increase even if it doesn't happen for 2 years like you say and you know what's $200 over extra over over 2 years that's $4800 to maybe make 50 grand in in appreciation that sort of thing I I'd, I'd rather bet on that and just uh Continue to buy, and I, I'm of the belief that you buy the whole time. You know, it's it's like you know, kind of Warren Buffett says he just continues to buy all, all the time in in the stock market, and over time, you're going to win.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, you got to stay invested. It's not time in the market; it's time in the market. As as we've all heard,
2: I've, I've been doing this for about 20 years, and I have people that I can remember from, from 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, that never have purchased a home because they're constantly waiting for some fictional leg down that is gonna create the opportunity and they just, they miss out. And so the idea of that you're trying to time the market is really, really tough. And so if you're doing what Pierce is talking about, where you're just buying all the way through, you kind of, for lack of a better term, dollar cost average, your purchase. And so, some you're going to buy lower, some you're going to buy higher. You're going to have a mix of, of interest rates, mix of costs, but you need to get into the market.
0: For sure. And the time like we're in right now is, is great. I mean, that's, you know, y'all just heard me say I bought a new primary. Everything's cooled down so you can be more selective on what you're looking for. You know, yeah, we were looking for a new primary two years ago. I mean, I put in three, four different offers of 40 to 50K over ask price, you know, offering to pay 10K over appraisal value and lost out. All four times, uh, so it turned out to be you know rather fortunate for me. You know we we're able to find a, a house that was more suited for us that, that we liked, and you know you can always refi down the line. So,
1: yeah. So one thing I was just going to say is in this current market, especially on investment properties, when you're buying right now, you can get closing cost credits in every deal. When previously with five, ten offers, you asked for closing cost credit they throw it out the window. Well, that closing cost credit is going to highly increase your ROI because your uh, cash out of pocket is is going to be considerably less if you're asking for 5 dollars K um, in, in closing cost credits. And so people don't factor those type of things in into the current environment versus like a, a low interest rate environment. Uh, yeah. So, Taz, you're, you're an average outdoorsman. What, uh, what's, what, what, first of all, what kind of stuff are, are you hunting and, uh, what's your best hunting story?
0: <laughs> Tough one answer there. Uh, I just enjoy being out of the concrete jungle. Uh, so I'm living up in Memphis now, uh, in Germantown, uh, which is not, it's not as big of a city as, y'all are from, so y'all, y'all are used to a little more, a little more of the city life. So I'm from a small town, North Mississippi. Um, it's actually halfway between Memphis and Oxford, uh, but had a population of probably eight, maybe 9,000. So very, you know, similar, semi-rural area, but um, we're only about an hour from the Mississippi Delta. You can cross the river and be in Arkansas in an hour and a half. So I enjoy duck hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting, uh, really, just enjoy being outdoors. Um, we came out to LA. I guess it's been two or three months ago for the Bigger Pockets conference. It was actually in San Diego, but my wife flew out and we went up to LA and uh, yeah, hiked up to the Hollywood sign and enjoyed that. Doesn't have to be hunting; it can just be in outdoors. I enjoy it.
1: They have a, a block, one, one square block in, in Los Angeles has a bigger homeless population than Sinatopia, Mississippi.
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> there were some, some straight-up camps that we saw uh, in those areas that was very mind-blowing for a, a small-town kid like myself.
1: Thank you for joining the Own the Block podcast. Thank you to all our listeners, and thank you for uh, being on, Taz. We're going to have Paul Jones on the podcast next week. He is a expert in non-QM lending strategy. And for anyone who wants to contact Taz, we're going to put his contact info below and you can reach out to him with any questions you may have or if you're interested in buying a turnkey investment property. Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks, guys.